Hey everybody, welcome to Campus Comics Cast, coming to you from Carbondale, Illinois, with special guests from the Campus Comics crew, and now, here's your host, the man with the previews in hand, Mike No. Hello everyone, and welcome to this, uh, I guess you could call it a pop-up episode of Campus <laughs> Comics Cast, a little bit an extra one for this week we're coming to you as usual within campus comics here on main street in carbondale illinois and joining me tonight for this special episode are scott reed and dan brown the usual gang here do not have uh, matt with us this he couldn't make it this time so hopefully we'll get him again in the future but anyway we just wanted to be a little bit uh if we stuck to our regular schedule, we'd have been about six weeks before we did a podcast showing <laughs> our, you know, talking about our feelings about the Captain Marvel movie. So we knew you were all waiting with bated breath. So we wanted to be a little both bit. Of you. <laughs> both of you, exactly. <laughs> you know, so waited with bated breath to hear our opinions. So we're going to talk about our feelings about the Captain Marvel movie. And also, we're going to have a, some review of uh, Tom King's Mr. Miracle now that it's wrapped up. Uh, been out for a little bit but we'll uh, share some feelings about that as well so let's start with captain marvel of course this is you know the did you marvel. want to did you want to talk cgc oh yeah of course yeah. i plug myself again i'm bad at that self-promotion <laughs> that's what we're here to remind you for. that's right yeah got my back <laughs> did want to remind everybody that as of you know late in february we were approved as a uh, cgc authorized dealer which means you can bring comics in to us or you know magazines stuff like that we can send them in to cgc have them graded and slabbed and we can handle all that packing and shipping for you take a little bit of the nerve jangle out of that for you <laughs> we'll take care of that and uh, still a little bit of a learning curve i'm doing a little bit better but uh, maybe by the time this is up still have time to get some you know something into us for this first submission and also, do we want, I guess, look ahead at the schedule. We're going to be collecting, as far as CGC, we're going to be accepting submissions at shows at uh, local conventions that we're working at. So first one coming up here is April 6th at the SI Comic-Con at the Benton Civic Center in Benton, Illinois. And uh, that's pretty much it until a little bit later in the season for me. You know, So Scott might be doing that at some um conventions that he's going to be working at too so if i can if i can accept them for campus comics i would gladly do that so So we'll (laughs) keep you posted on that but i don't see where that would be a problem okay you want to say anything dan before we start in no just all right okay (laughs) (laughs) man a few words i don't got anything to plug right now okay (laughs) gotcha uh well anyway captain marvel of course it opened this past week uh, as we're recording this on uh Thursday night, what is it, the 14th, I guess? Yeah, something March like that. 14th. So it's been about a week that it's mm-hmm. been out now. Is that when, did you see it opening I, night, I Scott? saw it March 7th, yeah. Yeah, so so while it's fresh in our brains, we thought we'd get together and talk about it. So um, I'll jump right in. I mean, it was good. I was not blown away, you know, by it. I will have to say I had some definite issues with it. 
as we kind of get into things and start the discussion rolling a little bit. Um, Dan, how did you feel? I, I liked it. Uh, it's a good movie, uh, but ultimately it's just like we know what we're getting now with mm-hmm. the Marvel movies. You know, right. I knew it was going to be good. I knew I'd like it. Sure. But again, it didn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> I don't know that it brought anything significant to the universe. No. Right. And again, maybe that'll pay out in a in Endgame, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't know yet. I think that's the whole reason for this timing is they just had to get this out because obviously she's going to play a large, pretty large role yeah. in yeah. in the Endgame movie, which is the movie we're really wanting to get to right. mm-hmm. with this. And there was some setup in this for some things, but... I don't know. It just all seemed to kind of not deliver for well, me. I think that to me, that's probably like the biggest issue I had with this movie was the fact that they it kind of had to to get it to fit into the Marvel Cinematic. Now there were basically certain plot points that they had to follow. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like the writers were a little bit of you know hamstrung or whatever. Yeah, on on what they could do story wise, mm-hmm. um, just to make it fit. Because you know we knew we were going to get you know something with Fury's eye. We knew we got to get the origin of this character that's going to you know from the from the pager at the end of you know um, uh, Infinity Infinity War. You know we got to get that character's you know origin in. So mm-hmm. there were certain things that had to happen, right? And so that wasn't really like a big surprise. You right. Know, we knew we were going to get certain things and it, it, this didn't lead to good storytelling. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like so. Right. I, I personally, I mean, I think it was intentional to a degree, but I thought, I thought the first 30 minutes of the movie were an absolute mess. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought they were hard to follow. Again, I think that was somewhat intentional mm-hmm. so that you're off balance like she is because she doesn't know her. Oh, spoilers, by the way, oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know, for this and for Mr. America. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, I think, like I said, I think it was intentional because she didn't know her backstory. She was confused about mm-hmm. what her own deal was. So I think it was kind of reflected in the way the story was told, but it just personally, it didn't work for me, that, that beginning of that. Once it hit its stride and got more into the main narrative, I think it settled down and got mm-hmm. better. But I thought that opening 20, 30 minutes was just rough, I thought. Well, actually, the very beginning of the movie was really, really good because we had the Marvel Studios stuff, all the heroes replaced with various images of Stan Lee. And we had the nice Stan Lee tri- tribute there. Uh-huh. But then, as you get into the actual... <laughs> right, the film itself. <laughs> the film itself, the, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, to me, actually, the highlight of the movie was at the very beginning. Oh, really? Just, yeah, wow, the, really? Yeah, that was, that, was the best, that was the best moment of the movie was the Stan Lee tribute. To, uh, oh, the Stan Lee. Yeah, the Stan the Lee. I was no, about. no, no. The Stan Lee, Lee tribute was the high point. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else kind and of And this would be the first that. one that came out after he passed, yeah, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, into the Spider-Verse, Spider-verse you know, yeah. had, a, had a tribute in it as well, but that wasn't a Marvel Cinematic, so, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, you know, this is kind of those cases where, you know, obviously the regular moviegoers, uh, I think they liked it a lot more than, at least definitely a lot more than I liked it. Uh-huh. I was checking some of the numbers today, and uh, so it did almost $500 million global, and 150 million domestic, oh, yeah. which I thought was because like, and just to put that in perspective, um, about that same time frame, Aquaman did like 400 and something million, mm-hmm. but it only did like 70 million domestic. So this oh, one, Aquaman, did? yeah, really. Now you know, Aquaman, you know, it hit that billion mark, sure, billion, billion right. dollars, you know, over. Uh, <clears throat> Primarily from overseas, mm-hmm. um, but like this was huge, and I went in on my movie theater and uh, like two days in advance to get tickets, and I almost usually get to pick where I want to sit, and uh, yeah, I was stuck in the front row for this movie. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. um, 
So that was that was kind of a surprise for me. Yeah, I right. think I think they'll make their money back though. I don't. Oh think. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll do okay. They'll, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy making that much on it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, they've already. I think they've made right. all their budget back. Right. Sure. You know, basically, and they. I think they projected. I'm seeing projections of sixty to seventy million for the second weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, two hundred fifty million. You know, U.S. That's not too bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always lose sight of what. You know, obviously, 150 million—that doesn't seem that big. But you know, when you say that, mm-hmm, you know, right. you don't realize how much that that worldwide global yeah. box office yeah. makes that difference. So, yeah. all, so what did you guys think about um, Brie Larson's performance? Okay, so what has she been in besides this? I don't know anything. The that she's only been thing in. I know her from is Kong Skull Island. Yeah, me, okay. me too. Yeah, she was. I know she's like she was in. I'm going to say the wrong one, but I want to say it's Room. It is. is That's the you, right okay, one. Okay, because I'm more familiar with The Room, which is a completely different movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, But I always sure. get those mixed up. But she was that. in that. She won so. an Oscar for that. She oh, was wow. like the best really? actress, yeah. you know, she that she won for that drama Room from, you know, it's been a few years yeah. now, like 2008 or something like but that. But again, I think Kong is probably the only kind of yeah. genre thing she's done <laughs> otherwise. Right. Did you, Have you seen Kong's Skull Island? I, yeah, I've seen she Kong's Skull Island. She played the photographer lady okay. that was on there with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I, I, I don't really remember her in that, yeah. but but, but I just, was I just good familiar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but this, I mean, again, I don't know if it was an intentional choice because she was emotionally disconnected mm-hmm. or whatever, but I just thought the delivery of her lines was like real monotone mm-hmm. and it was really uninteresting. I don't really think she had any chemistry. Like, I think the chemistry from the Fury and her stuff was all from Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. I didn't really don't really think she brought anything to that. And even when she reconnects with her friend, you know, Rambo down in New, you know, in Louisiana, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like there was any weight there. Yeah, I feel know? like that's okay up until the point where she realizes what the real story is here mm-hmm. and you know remembers her identity and everything. Right. You know, I would have been fine with that up to that point. Yeah, but there definitely should have been a bigger shift. When she reconnects with people yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of remembers her past. Right, especially the little girl. Yeah. You know, well, did she and... ever really officially, Did it, I don't remember it ever all coming back to her. Did it ever really all come back to her? I mean, she just kind of getting bits and pieces. I think it was, I took it as just bits and pieces. Yeah, I don't, so. I mean, I think she started remembering people. Okay, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. those. And, of course, you know, about my biggest beef with the whole movie <laughs> my biggest beef is uh what they did with marvell right in name i just absolutely mm-hmm. and it wasn't about gender swap it wasn't no. about any of that it was just to use that just call her something else you know yeah, i think my problem is is that we there in the to me in the marvel comic universe we've got two different we got two different carol danvers we got the early carol danvers where she's ms marvel mm-hmm. where she's trying to live up to the legacy of marvel right and then we have the current captain marvel who has literally taken on the mantle of captain marvel right and because in the movie she really doesn't she didn't one she doesn't remember anything about marvel mm-hmm. and then two since she doesn't remember anything about she doesn't and there's no legacy to live up to right i think that really hurt the character's portrayal in the film mm-hmm. so to me that's kind of like why i'm a little bit down on it because there's no the the history and you know why this character is the way that they are we don't have any of that it's just oh i got powers you know, yeah that, that's right. basically what it boils down to you right because there's no from things mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah that we had to sh- you know shoestring in because right. it's it's part of the rest of the movie thing so yeah we'll just we'll just say that's where she got it so right so had to have that thread in there that just kind of felt like a i don't know throwaway little bit of thing <clears throat> so what'd you all uh but again that was my oh i mean and captain marvel's 1970s captain marvel marvel mm-hmm 
straight up some of my favorite stuff of my you know early teen years i loved that stuff that cosmic marvel and that whole thanos saga that started mm-hmm. in iron man 55 yep. and went on from there into the you know the captain marvel book of the time jim starlin stuff mm-hmm. and that whole big uh, you know space opera you yep. know of that whole thing and just to kind of use that name in such a throwaway capacity mm-hmm. just really irked me yeah you know what i mean so, and I, plus i wanted to see giant floating head with tentacles supreme intelligence. yeah yeah, That's, yeah i was really hoping we'd get that i'm i was really bummed that we didn't get that version of the character in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i mean i think what they say like it appeared the supreme intelligence appears to different people as different things yeah mm-hmm. so, as I the mean, person they're, they're, you respect the most yeah or you could always like that. You could always go back and say, "Oh, here he really is," you right? Know, and actually, like, show like that we got with ego, we yeah. Had Guardians mm-hmm. too, you know. But I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I was bummed that wasn't in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was really wanting to see what a Marvel Cinematic Universe version of that would look like. Exactly. You know, live yeah. action. Mm-hmm. But I guess you know, kind of, we did get to see a lot of characters come back. So you had uh, what was it Korath? He was the, the yes, the Kree uh-huh. guy, and then of course Ronan, Ronan. was back, and yeah. then Coulson, whose CGI was terrible. Oh yeah. For his age, it was bad. I tell you what, though, I think Sam Jackson looked really good. That was amazing. I think I think they did more makeup work with Samuel L. Jackson. Well, a little bit this, more physical effects. Mm-hmm. This, this was another thing we were talking about at my day job is how much of this is effects how much of this is just black don't crack right <laughs> he still looks pretty good yeah, yeah. he, he just beefed up i mean you that know. was the other thing they did was they the physique he was a bigger guy yeah you yeah. know he's you know aged he's gotten you know smaller slenderer <laughs> you know but yeah so i don't know how much what was what but yeah it looked but he, he looked really good, good. yeah and i did. mean that gives me hope too because i'm kind of following up the uh Martin Scorsese Irishman film mm-hmm. that's going to be coming out where you know they're taking Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, all these older guys, and they're using this kind of software to mm-hmm. de-age them right. for probably the majority of the movie, right? You know, and so mm-hmm. it's like, how's that going to look? You know, look what, what Marvel and Disney are doing here mm-hmm. with this stuff. So yeah, I mean that could be a real tool for filmmakers in the future for sure to be able to get yeah. those guys and their performances yeah. and have it seamless. Yeah, yeah. but Coulson. you know, you don't have you don't necessarily have to recast. Right. You know, for like a younger version of a character or an older nope. version, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, so what do you think they how do you feel about what they did with the scrolls and kind of made them more I, sympathetic? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whenever I saw I I we of course we you know, talked about the one of the early trailers for this and we talked about seeing the scrolls and mm-hmm. I thought they looked very formidable. I guess in mm. the in the um, trailer, so I thought, well, that's setting up for you know, Kree Scroll War. Sure, right. we're going to get a good setup for later on for Secret Invasion, something post you know, in game. And I think now they've basically have destroyed both of those storylines because we have this, the scroll are just a remnant group of people mm-hmm. that, that you know, un, and they're not all they want is a planet. Yes, all they want is peaceful a world and, to live on. Yes, and so we're getting a little I mean, political climate of the day in there. You know, a little bit yeah. kind of that in there. The know? other part of that is though, after what they did with Shield, can you do the secret invasion storyline? Do you do that fake out again oh, yeah. in the movies? Oh, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it would just be like, yeah, we've seen this. It mm-hmm. was with S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and HYDRA. You know what I right. mean? The thing that, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I hadn't really made that correlation. But um, but the thing about the scrolls, you know, I mean, it did work in the aspect of like, okay, we got what we got, like, especially in Guardians 1 with Ronan and mm-hmm. the Kree. Don't try to tell me that these are the good guys. Right. Now, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know, so it's just like, see, so you knew... Both races are jerks in the books, you know right. what I mean, and they just have the same kind of thing, but w- but with different end games, you know what I mean, of what they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. So, but I was surprised 
by the scroll, you know, being mm-hmm. the more sympathetic. And like right. I said, it takes that away. And they kind of turn him into a little bit of a of a joke as opposed, you know, with the whole being scared of the cat. And I, I, uh-huh. we better not get started on the cat because I don't have a lot of good things to say there. <laughs> the flurkin? The flurkin, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. you know, that then they, they kind of turn into a joke, you know, yeah. as opposed to being this potentially Yeah, the way he's kind of sitting rise. around just, mm-hmm. you know, talking, you know. Oh, I did like that <laughs> they look the as much like the scrolls as they did. Yeah, yeah they yeah, looked you know good. I mean? Yeah, yeah they looked good. You know, especially growing up. You know, with the kind of movies we've had in the past, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never thought we'd get that accurate of a scroll on screen. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, I was worried when they said they were going to do the scrolls and, like, what we see of, like, her fighting the old lady, mm-hmm. that we just get a bunch of actors who are, these are scrolls, scrolls. honest mm-hmm. guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're trying to save budget here, though. So <laughs> they look like humans. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't, they didn't really cop out with that. Right. No, mm-hmm. they did. And we got yeah. a kind of quasi got a. Super scroll, the the big one, you know what I yeah. mean? When the, in the, mm-hmm. you know, so we kind of got that. Yeah. So kind of maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe well, they'll we could save super scroll for later. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes we and I guess the one thing is, is what you know. This is you know we're going to be thirty years later, mm-hmm. or you know whenever the next whatever the next thing's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic. I guess a lot could have changed with the scrolls in that yeah, time right. period, that time yeah. frame. So. Who maybe knows? It maybe we'll still get takes a little something. bit of a turn. Maybe the yeah. scrolls decide they want revenge on the Kree or whatever. But so. Yeah, I was talking about the Super Scroll guy. You know, I kind of liked that they did that too. I liked what they did. They looked so much like scrolls, but they even had the different classes. The ones are like little skittery goblin-y mm-hmm. ones. You yeah. know, the one they're a little bit more. You're kind of more Kirby original. You know, yeah, Kirby right, original yeah. looking. So there was different kinds, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that also plays into also this could just be like the one group of scrolls. There could be yes. the more traditional what we're used to. Mm-hmm. This is because they was his there. family was yeah. being used against him and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So maybe that's just them. Maybe yeah. they're going to be. And I think bringing the scrolls in the shapeshifters too. You know, of course that's going to give them an easy out to bring some of the dead characters back right. that we lost in Endgame or in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Which ones do we saw got killed in that? Which ones were scrolls? You know what I mean? Because they, yeah, I think all those are still so? going. I think all those are yeah. still going to get oh, snapped they're back. They're going to get yeah. snapped back. It's not right. going to be scrolls. They're just going to get snapped yeah. back. Gotcha. So that's my my opinion anyway. Mm-hmm. So, well, that was our theory for a long time when they wouldn't announce the name of Avengers Four. We thought, well, it's Secret Invasion. That's yeah. why they can't say that because right. <laughs> everybody's going to be. Yeah. Well, they, you know, throwing that out. Yeah, and of course, I know I haven't watched. There was a new new trailer for Endgame that, or not, yeah, for Endgame that mm-hmm. dropped today. I haven't watched yeah, it, yeah, but I, I, I heard my son told me, oh, it's a big spoiler in it. So really? it's like, yeah, now I don't, I don't know. I haven't watched it right. myself. He hadn't watched it. Just said somebody told him that there was a big spoiler. Yeah, okay. in it, so yeah, so who knows? I've watched it. I don't think there's anything major. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, you knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's one thing that's surprising. You know, okay, yeah, so that's probably what he's talking about. All right. Okay. Okay. Now I understand that that Goose the Cat has been uh, part of Captain Marvel books. That was I had never ever read that run of Captain Marvel myself, so mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the cat. So mm-hmm. I have no you know vested interest you know in the character. But I just that's thought not that, my goose. Is that, well, know, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, but you don't feel that. I, I yeah. I just I just thought the whole cat thing was silly. Yeah, and it's just one more thing that's get played for laughs. You know, right? Right. The grossest after credit scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you yeah, know but, that, but that was the weirdest thing. Just as we're getting close to the end of the credits roll, 
I, I promise you guys, I knew with all the certainty in my soul <laughs> that it was going to be that cat hacking the cube up like a hairball. Right. You know, I was just like, I was just like, holy crap, that's what this yeah, is going to be. They had already turned the lights on, and we, there were uh, a bunch of us sitting around waiting, and I kept saying, it's going to be the cat, it's going to yeah, be the cat, and right. sure enough, it was the cat. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing with this, that's kind of the flaw with this movie, is like, it has gotten predictable. Yes. Right. You know, yeah. that's what is going to be an issue for Marvel. Especially, you know, we kind of saw that with Ant-Man, where Edgar Wright's trying to do something different, uh -huh. and they part ways. Mm -hmm. And they're like, nope. You know, you've got to bring in, in new line. blood. Yeah. You've got to have more flexibility with these plans. Mm -hmm. You have to have new artistic voices coming in here, right. or it's going to get stale. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Well, and we, and we, and all we, and like, all I want is, I don't need a carbon copy of what the characters are in the book. Mm -hmm. I just want to be faithful to what the characters the are. In the, the yeah, character. exactly, the yes. characters in the book. And you know we just we're we're getting less and less of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Aquaman being the biggest offender, in my opinion, out of out of all of them that we had. Right. And then tying, of course, going with the cat, how that's how Fury loses his eye. I yeah. Mean, that really just was like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's like you know because he said you know last time I trusted it was in Winter Soldier. Last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Because he it trusted was the cat. cat. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. That's, yeah. That 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 one kind of that one kind of bugged me a little bit too. So. Right. Yeah. That's kind of playing something like that mm -hmm. for a laugh. Exactly. You know, yeah. You know. And then they could have actually, you know, hey, you know, there could have been some concern, and you know, he had the eye injury early, and you think, oh, well, that's where he gets it, and mm -hmm. no, he comes back, he's got a little, you know, bandaid on his eye or whatever. But right. Yeah. yeah. I kind of kept thinking they were gonna like hot tub time machine it, where they keep doing other things. Mm -hmm. so, like, like, yeah, it make you think, oh, he lost <laughs> his eye. No, yeah. kept faking out. Yeah. Nope, just two. Yeah. I did. I did like whenever Captain Marvel was deciding on her costume that we briefly got that flash of the original white and green uh -huh. from you know the original you know captain marvel you know marvel superheroes 12 the gene colon design i liked seeing that at least mm -hmm. the color scheme of that now they called her veers early on shouldn't they have called her vers i don't know <laughs> because, I, yeah. because i'm not gonna argue with aliens knowing how to pronounce human names <laughs> right yeah. yeah but it's like because they had the you know the end of her dog tag which has had the v-e-r-s oh uh -huh. you know oh, so i, I gotcha. yeah they called her veers but i they should have called her birds uh, that's I, I, that's nitpicking right there i, I fully yeah. admit that yeah that so. is <laughs> <laughs> not gonna disagree with that oh no, no. yeah yeah i would i would have liked to have seen more dr minerva I felt that she was that character was underused. Mm -hmm. um, she was, you know, to me, a more interesting than Jude Law's character. Right. Um, and then the scene, you know, the big climatic face-off between, uh, you know, Captain Marvel uh, and, and Jude Law's and character, and it's like they go Indiana Jones way yes. out on it, you know, just blast. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, come uh, on, you know. Right. <laughs> that yeah. could have been a chance for, you know, like, um, well, you were talking about not really taking Brie Larson in this role. It's like... Mm -hmm. You know Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. You know they had that No Man's Land machine where scene where she became Wonder Woman. Right. right? Yes. Right. And there is no scene like mm -hmm. that in this movie where I really feel like she becomes. She came into she that came, character. Yeah. Right. She becomes Captain there's Marvel. There's too there's too much tell, not enough show. Mm -hmm. Right. That sort of thing in this. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. Um, there. You know, a lot of people are saying that she's supposed to be the most powerful character in the Marvel Cinematic. Do mm -hmm. you guys agree with that? I mean, I um, don't. But I don't know. I. I I don't know. I, hadn't really thought I mean, about it. yeah, I hadn't really either. But I mean, I would still go with Thor. Yeah, and I would me. too. Yeah, you know, he's a god. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and especially they rev well, him up just, after. It's just science. It's just oh, science. Yeah, it's science. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they they so. revved up his power level. You know, with Stormbreaker right. and uh, in in Infinity War. So, I mean, yeah. I would think she's up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, got to yeah. be near the top. I mean, she sure. seems overpowered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, with that whole thing, can you tell story? You know, I mean, because. 
whatever mm-hmm. you know but i don't know it's just i the the character itself was just a little flat you know yeah and that's and the best it, way to describe you it know, is, yeah it's just not very compelling i guess it wasn't to me so any other well so two if you know if you haven't seen it yet you got two after credit yeah. scene you mm-hmm. got the you got the well mid credit scene which is basically just a it's just a, like a like 30 second clip from Endgame mm-hmm. um where she shows up um so that's not really a, like a teaser and then the second teaser mike already mentioned or the second credit scene was the was the cat puking up you know the the test rack as a hairball so gross yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know do stay for do stay for both scenes you know if you haven't mm-hmm. if you haven't right. um, but uh, I, I probably need to see this movie again just to see if it i was never disgusted at it, it watching right. it yeah, like yeah. i was with aquaman right. i mean i was I literally frustrated watching <laughs> aquaman um, I, and there I, were times, at least with this, that I truly enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's had, just, had this come out in 1995, oh, it'd absolutely. be amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just we, yeah, we need to be stepping up our game a little bit more. Yeah, this. So like, it felt like a step back, yeah. you know, a little bit. Yeah, and again, I think I think a lot of it's just because I felt like it was shoehorned into having to tell a particular story leading mm-hmm, into right. Endgame, and we just couldn't get a a, a true yeah. Captain Marvel movie. It's like mm-hmm. we got a Marvel cinematic movie as opposed to a Captain right. Marvel movie. Seemed very much check off all the boxes and get these mm-hmm. points done and let's, let's go. get the character introduced and go on the end game <laughs> make right. a few dollars while we're waiting for end game to come out <laughs> all right so ratings i gave it a, a very good find which is a 5-0 mm-hmm. you know it, it was it was okay i don't know it might go up a little bit on a second watch i'll have to you know decide if i want to go to the show and see it again mm-hmm. i'd go fine with it um again not it's not a bad movie i feel like mm-hmm. we're kind of going negative here sure but yeah. you know it's just it doesn't it didn't blow me away you right. know what i mean i don't yeah. know that it had enough new to say right exactly know. and I, yeah. I would go fine too you know is what i would put it up for exactly the same reasons it's just i don't know it was a fine movie but Man. you know we're kind of past that yeah. you know what i mean yeah. we need a little bit more yeah. so to make well it and good. it kind of goes to what we're saying you know is these movies are less and less being made for comic book fans mm-hmm. and more and more being made for the general public so right and i there, and there's not a lot about, of depth to that's them. one of the scariest things i mm-hmm. think about the precedent that we got with aquaman doing so well mm-hmm. so now we know exactly what we're going to get mm-hmm. from a lot of the dc movies you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's going to be a lot of jokiness a lot of silliness mm-hmm. you know shazam which is fine it fits that character but not all characters you right. know yeah. you know so all right so there's our feelings on that one. So now we'll jump into something in the printed form within the realm of yes. our fandom, which is the uh, uh, Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. I don't know if that's, excuse us if you're listening <laughs> and we mispronounce your name, but uh, the pretty typical team, you know, they team up and do a lot of stuff together. They did, uh, he he was the artist on uh, Sheriff of Babylon too, wasn't he? I, I think, think so, I think so and, yeah. Some other stuff so they work together quite a bit um i i don't know i mean it just depends on what you want out of a superhero you know comic book you know i mean i think it's definitely this is the kind this is the thing the kind of book that owes a lot to watchmen you know and that kind of thing because it's a deconstruction kind of the whole genre and it definitely relied as watchman did on the nine grid panel layout <laughs> yes. all the way through just <laughs> that, like that was watchman i think that was did. deliberate i yeah. think so yeah. too yeah. yeah so i think that was an homage to that a um, lot of homages in this uh, yes in this 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we you know every time this book has been in previews, you know usually I have mentioned it, and it's like I've I've been anxious, super anxious to talk about this because mm-hmm. prior to reading the trade, the only thing I had read was the first issue. Mm-hmm. So here is my major beef with this story. So you have the character Mr. Miracle Scott Free, who as an infant was traded to Dark Side, mm-hmm. lived his entire childhood on Apocalypse, constantly trying to escape, having to deal with Granny Goodness his you know entire childhood before he escapes to Earth. He has been in worse situations than he was in when the story begins. He is not a type of person who would attempt suicide, period. <laughs> he had been in darker spots than what he is in now. At, when this story starts, so I I, I so the disagree setup, with the, the, setup the setup. Really, I think it's completely wrong for this story. Mm-hmm. Now, I like Tom King a lot. You know, I was expecting something more along the lines of the Vision twelve issue series um, because I felt like that story was part could really be part of Marvel continuity. Yes, looking at looking at this, this is obviously not part of DC continuity. There's not even an attempt to make this part of DC continuity. Mm-hmm. So it was completely outside of that. So. I guess you could I, say this is not my Mr. Miracle. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think they go out of their way to point out that this is not the same universe. This is not in continuity. Mm-hmm. But I think this is such a good story, and I think that people will be into this. I think over time we will see this stuff creep into the regular universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, DC has done that with Watchmen with many, yeah, things, many things over the years, yeah. where it's like if it's just popular enough and it you know stands the test mm-hmm. of time like that, mm-hmm. it'll work its way in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we don't know what's going to happen after Doomsday Clock. Right. Right. And I could see this being the standard for you know the status quo mm-hmm. for the new gods at some point. Right. Yeah, you know. Now I think I, th- I think that's a you know they just need to decide what they're going to do with that if they're going to yeah. bring it just like bring that into the the main universe. I think it's I think it's a brilliant story. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It again, it's going to be frustrating to those, and I know we all have some people that we know. If you want to know when you put down a book and you're exactly every thread and every I is dotted and every T is crossed and you want to know definitely what's going on, this is going to drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep. it leaves pretty much everything up to the interpretation of the reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you I know. feel like just in general with DC, you rarely get that anymore just because they're trying to set up the next thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's basically uh-huh. been status quo since DiDio took mm-hmm. over. You know, every miniseries leads to another event or another mini or another series mm-hmm. or something. You mm-hmm. rarely get a the end anymore. Right. You know. So, I mean, as far as the suicide, though, yeah, you know, attempt going back to that. I mean, don't you feel like that's just the anti-life equation? Well, that's the uh, thing is if, but they never come out and say, yeah, that. no, right. I, w- yeah, I would have accepted it if they had said, again, yeah, if they would have said Dark Side put that in him with the right. anti-life. I would have accepted mm-hmm. that. They never say that. See, so I right. feel, I really get the feeling though, like this is how, this is what the anti-life equation yes. does. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and I think it is, it's that sort of fuzziness that would come with that you know what i mean well but i i still think he would have been one of the last ever the rest of the world would have committed suicide before mr miracle would have is is my opinion on that if that was actually Do you think it was just targeted at him though like, I, I, like I guess the, it could the new be gods. that's kind of how i was thinking of right it. i guess it could be but it, again they could have just said that even at the very end i i wish right. they would have come out and said that because i i think it, it mm-hmm. i think it diminishes the character hmm. in, in my opinion i think it you know right. he's been through worse right yeah, and i yeah. yeah, and I finally had to, and I, I'd heard, but I knew nobody would know as, with certainty as 
more than Matt Martin because of his huge fandom of mm-hmm. his man crush on Tom King, basically. <laughs> right. So I just texted him today, just like, does Tom King have PTSD? And he goes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because this is such a recurring theme with mm-hmm. so many of right. the things that he writes. And that's mm-hmm. essentially what this is, you know, as Scott, you know, got into a little bit of, you know, his backstory on Apocalypse and just grew up being tortured and trying to escape and mm-hmm. all this and all that. And so now he's dealing with all this, and the opening scene is him, a, a failed suicide yeah. attempt, basically. And he's claiming it's to be the, you know, the ultimate escape to escape mm-hmm. from death. But really, he's trying to escape from life. Yeah. It seemed, yeah. you know, that's, so it's kind of the flip-flop of that. So, yeah. I, well, and that's, and again, not knowing that this is part of regular continuity, like there's a scene where he looks at Barda and it says, your eyes are brown. I thought your eyes were blue. Barda's eyes are blue. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I even went back to, like, I got the, I have sitting there with me, the Jack Kirby fourth world omnibus. Uh-huh. And I'm flipping through trying to find pictures of Barda. It's yeah. like, yes, her eyes are blue. They are not brown. So it's just one of those things that points to this not actually, and maybe the entire story is in his mind. I don't yes. know, but it would have been nice if they just say that. <laughs> right. And see, again, that's again where the whole ambiguity, did this really happen? Is this just right. the anti-life equation working on him? Is this what he's seeing as he's dying? You know what I mean? It's just like his his hallucinations is, you know, mm-hmm. did he die? Did he live? We don't, we know right. really nothing, <laughs> you know, more than other than we got some interesting a lot of interesting stuff, you know, yeah. pretty brilliant stuff. But as far as a story arc, we really don't know that much more than what we started with, yeah. you know. Now, when you get past all that uncertainty, it's really good. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's just so much uncertainty for me that's like it pulls the whole it pulls the story down. Mm. And I, you know, I've you know I read all okay, your, but this is just everything. Yeah, you know? I, I you know I read the entire original Kirby Mister Miracle run. So mm-hmm. and then I enjoyed that character through the you know through the Bwahaha League of Justice League. And uh, I just feel like this is uh, you know again I said it before just, no not my Mister Miracle. But mm-hmm. once if you can get past that. Then it actually is a yeah. really, really good story. For, for me, that worked for the story. It's mm-hmm. just sort of experiencing the anti-life equation. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's how it felt to me when I was reading. Like, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty, but I feel like that's what it does. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I did like how towards the end, Darkseid refers to the anti-life equation as information because that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Before in these stories, it has been a physical thing or a being. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm glad they kind of went back to that mm-hmm. with it. Um, you know the story takes so long. You know they have, you know Scott and Barta have a son right. during the course of the story. Yeah. How I didn't see that twist coming, I felt so <laughs> stupid mm-hmm. when it got to that point where Darkseid says he will unconditionally surrender if they give him his son. Oh uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, right. And just knowing the history of the, Mr. Miracle and Orion, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how, I love that cliffhanger to that issue, but I'm like, how did I not see that coming? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? That was such a great part mm-hmm. of the story well, and i think that was going back to the origin of mr miracle where you know you know high father had to make yeah. that same yeah basically the same choice yes. yeah exactly you know right a uh, little different situation but kind of make that same choice so trying mm-hmm. to you know now scott free has to you know make, and he, the, and make and the exact he, same and choice he's lived through that he yeah. knows mm-hmm. what the, what that means to his yep, son, son if right. they do that <laughs> mm-hmm. um i did i well I got to talk about Funky Flashman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now it's never been stated categorically, but this character was created basically as a, 
you know, a negative portrayal of Stan Lee. What? Yeah, yeah. So you know, this you know, this is after Kirby moves over to you know DC, gets the fourth world up and going. Mister Miracle, I think he comes in issue like six of of Mister Miracle. I actually brought it, but I mean, he's a he's a con man. He's a charlatan. He's you know. Uh, you know, has to wear a wig, you know, to get himself to look, you know, to be this big presentation. And they completely, he was, he was almost an enemy of Mr. Miracle in the original stories. And now he's, he's, he's the caretaker for the, for the child, which I thought was a little odd. <laughs> um, but they really, I mean, there is obviously a lot of, um, there are multiple things that are being paid as respect to Jack Kirby throughout this. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the fact that their child is named Jacob, and I think they would call him Jack several times yeah. uh, during the course of the story. Um, they go to the Chinese theater, and they got the you know Jack Kirby signature, and they got the handprints, and it's like you know, uh, what is it? Uh, comics will break your heart or yeah. whatever. Which there's a, there's a whole story behind that. Um, um, there's the, the scene where uh, Funky Flashman is talking about how Jack, referring to the child, I don't think he actually called him Jacob at this point, um, he has, the, has all the imagination and he just provides the words. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, so there were, and that was, you know, that's just something I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but there were there was a lot of you know respect paid to, to Jack Kirby through this, but it was kind of weird to see that coming through Funky Flashman, who was you know Kirby put in a negativity yeah. on Stan Lee and their relationship so mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of interesting <laughs> I do like that they named the kid Jacob I did like the kind of running gag of them coming up with the other names like the more new god style yeah. names yeah. For him before he was born mm-hmm. oh and let's not you know forget the art all the way through it's oh, absolutely yeah. Oh, yeah. gorgeous mm-hmm. and the colors the coloring yeah. in this is just dynamite you know to set up that whole and and prior to that there's actually a, a good introductory story for mr miracle which is written by tom king but uh, illustrated by mike norton which is actually actually really really good too so if you aren't super familiar with mr miracle's background they give you his background in like a zero issue yeah um, that's I, included at the front and again i you know i wasn't picking this book up i had never read the entire thing until we sat down to read the trade for this but these Nick Darrington covers are great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been looking at them on the shelves here at the store as it was coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the nice thing is, too, there's a little gallery sketchbook mm-hmm. section at the end where they show some of the other, you know, dis- you know versions of the cover, you know, mm-hmm. covers they were working on. Right. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was weird. Um, you have all these new gods using very earth-based profanities and uh-huh. right. uh, curses and stuff. You know, I wouldn't, I'm trying to remember, you know, exactly some of them, but it's like, you know, something happens to one of the new gods and he says, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Just like, that yeah. was just, that's like, you know, I, you know, shouldn't they do something like what Thor does where he says, uh, right. you know, Odin's beard or right. whatever. Yeah. And I was expecting that. Um, so that, that was, that was just really weird I to me. I they picked up these terms, but apparently they didn't learn anything from earth plumbing. <laughs> Because Apocalypse is in need of that. (laughs) I thought... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the one thing that, you know, that we're not really used to to seeing in a lot, especially DC stuff, you know, because Marvel's characters tend to be more flawed and everything Mm -hmm. like that, whereas DC's, you know, tend to be more godlike and kind of above that, you know. But I I just think this is a really unusual level of character development you know mm. for for something like this especially in a, a mini series like that i mean before you know mr miracle whatever you know yeah, backstory but other than that you know so i think a lot of the back and forth you know and, and just the juxtaposition of our, you know being on apocalypse 
you know, fighting this war between, you know, these other super powerful beings mm -hmm. and then flashing back to being in L.A. trying to start a family and buy a house. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, to settle or down. Or remodel the condo. Is yeah, exactly. what they're, what yeah, they're going through. Go. Yeah. Uh, and the fights that they have and stuff like that, just the back and forth and that. I just think, I thought that was really entertaining. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I thought most of the character portrayals were really, really good. Like, you know, Orion out of the very first issues oh, portrayed yeah. as this big giant jerk, you uh, know. <laughs> um, I thought that was really good. Let's see. Um, now, you know, there have been two other DC books that have uh, done a lot to for or really were, you know, trying to pay respect to Kirby. Um, there was a Commandy Challenge, which literally brought Kirby, Kirby into the part of the story. I thought that fell flat. Mm -hmm. um, there was also uh, there was a Bug miniseries uh, with Mike Allred art. Uh, you know, it kind of fell a little little flat too. I thought this really did this book did a really really good job of uh, paying tribute to King Kirby. There was a lot of um, well, Barda was very sexualized mm -hmm. in this story, which you know is more than. Um, you know, than what I was expecting. I mean, there's even like bondage scenes between Mr. Miracle and Barda. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if your job every day is to go to work and get tied up and escape, you probably aren't wanting to get tied up whenever you're at home. <laughs> right. So I, I, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not an everyday thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's I, now I, and then. I, I wonder if that was kind of another, I don't know. I'm a little fuzzy on this. I should probably shouldn't even bring it up, but, but wasn't Barda based on, an actual person and it was somebody and i kind of I, i'm thinking it was somebody else's wife that kurt that kirby was a little bit infatuated with. oh i don't know you i don't know, know anything so, about i've never heard that but, i don't uh, i don't know if i'm just wrong or if i right. dreamed this but it seems like uh -huh. there's something so it might have been i was feeling like it, it might have almost kind of been a nod to maybe jack's whatever <laughs> ishness you know well, it's like you know and and the character like even in the original, like, Mr. Miracle storyline, there actually is a scene. It's kind of funny. There's a scene where they have Bart in the bathtub. I was there thinking, oh, well, Kirby never really, you know, over, you know, really, never really sexualized that character. Mm -hmm. And then, but actually, if I remember correctly, that page was added after his original. He, he, he did a book, and he was a page short. So Mark uh, Evanier and somebody, I can't remember who else. This is from his, Mark Evanier's book, Kirby. They had to come up with another page. And that's the page that that's the page that they wrote to fill in that missing page was her in a bathtub. Oh, yeah. huh. So I don't and I don't know. I I guess Kirby must have drawn it, um, but it was actually kind of like. So I was like, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm right yeah. now. I'm trying to find out if there's any truth <laughs> to that about Big Barda being based on somebody. So you guys go ahead. Okay. Oh, uh, no, based on nothing. the physical appearance of Laney Kazan, who had recently appeared topless in Playboy. This is according to wikipedia okay so mm -hmm. laney kazan i'm not going to click on links for her name right but, <laughs> <laughs> at least appearance so. okay right. so it wasn't yeah. like a so, person he knew somebody right. he knew. Okay. personally oh, like if, if that's true yeah well yeah. I, yeah I don't know where i got that there we <laughs> <laughs> can you just take that part out no. yeah, keep, <laughs> yeah keep it keep it in the family like keep it in the family yeah. so <laughs> there's All also right. a lot of religious imagery oh, in this sure, you know yeah. in that same bondage scene where you have you have scott free tied to the bed Arms are bound, feet are crossed. Um, he's got wounds in his wrists. There's a, and then there's just you know it's 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 there's a lot. There's like the story of the child drawing God. Um, I liked all the DC T-shirts that he was wearing. Yeah. Like he had the Batman and Flash and you know, Adam Strange T-shirt. I think in the last episode. Um, uh, in the in the trade, 
I, I, I got several things I still want to say. I oh, go ahead. Know. Okay. In the trade on, on page 233, so I'm just going by the page number, he meets back up with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, oh, yeah. and, and you know, it's a nice little tribute to the Bwahaha League. He literally says, Bwahaha. <laughs> um, so I thought that was that was uh, really, really nice. Um, let's see, I already talked about the, you know, uh, Stan Lee's character just basically, you know, saying, you know, he just does the words. <laughs> Somebody yeah. needs to make a, t- a T-shirt though that says "Batman Kills Babies." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was another thing that made me think again. This is not uh, like an incont. Well, obviously not an incontinuity story, but it's like, you know, Barda kills Funky Flashman, and then he shows up later. You know, uh, 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 Light Ray dies, and he shows up later in the story. Right. You know, so these characters all die, but they all come back. So it's like, but, you know, when Orion dies, Orion doesn't come back, but all these other characters die and, and come back, which I thought was just, it just was a little well, disorienting. We have had a story called Death of the New Gods, mm-hmm. and they have all come back. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> so there but, was that, too. But, I mean, it was, they, there was that ending story, and then they come back in a later story, right. not coming back in the exact yeah. same story with no explanation, just an right. issue or two later. Um, don't know what the deal is with the veggie tray all the way through, so he's, they're always doing veggie trays. Um I did like that on the in their condo on the wall they have this the poster all the time of Mr. Miracle number one just has a giant poster they go even through all the blood spiders and stuff it, it's it's there like every single time um, to me the best part of the story were not the apocalypse you know new Genesis part but it was Scott free and Barda at home you know talking about their kid and and you know what remodeling they're gonna do on their condo and um, that was you know, I, I did really enjoy that. Um, you know, we've already talked about the art being really, really good. Um, it's nice to see the new gods back in print again, you know, in something. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how much they've been used in Rebirth yet. I mean, not, if much. not much at all. So I guess they had a lot of leeway, you know, to, to do something with these characters for now. Um, but uh, I still, ultimately, it boils down to, it, you know, it's a little confusing not having some you know, actual know what happened under certain circumstances. Right. So. Right. Okay. Well, going back and looking here, you know, trying to think what I was thinking in my head about that. You're making me feel bad here. About <laughs> that. But it says here, this is physically based on Lainey Kazan. And this is the characterization between Scott, Mr. Miracle free and Barda was based largely though with tongue in cheek on the interplay between Kirby and his wife, Roz. Okay. So their okay. relationship. So I was kind of mashing those two things, things together, together in my head. So, <laughs> so, so that was his inspiration for the way their back and forth was. So. I thought it was interesting, too, how they brought in the female Furies mm-hmm. and, like, how they have to be in the hospital when Barda has <laughs> their son. And, yeah. You know, she just thinks they're trying to kill her still and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody else read uh, Granny Goodness and hear Ed Asner's voice? Or is that just no. me? <laughs> I do not. Yeah. No, I uh, I don't have a voice for Granny Goodness. I need to come yeah, up with one. Maybe right. that'll be it from now on. Right. So, uh, Ed Asner. Oh my gosh! All right, did you get all your points? Covered, I, Scott? I think so. I feel like I got most stuff you know marked off. So mm-hmm. I really had expected to do like a you know a deeper dive into this where like we could go through and like okay this happens in this issue and mm-hmm. and you know well there's that character and it, it just didn't lend itself to that yeah right yeah. You know, I just, think it does flow really well over the course of the trade though yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. but uh you know it's one of those things i'm really really glad that i read it i'm probably gonna read it again yeah mm-hmm. um yeah but i just I this time like I'll there's go, a lot i missed yeah you and know, this time I mean, i'll go through and just you know get over the that i 
the, I think the premise is flawed. Get over that and just, and just enjoy the story. story yeah. Enjoy the story. The story. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of the stuff starts creeping into regular continuity, mm-hmm. you know, as over time. Uh, the other thing is, so right now the trade's out, but they are going to be releasing a hardcover, right? Yes. Just to comic book Exclusive shops. to the direct market. Shops. Oh, okay, market cool. Shops, so that's a pretty cool little nod there from DC. After yeah, yes. as much as we've Some been complaining foibles. about DC on this yeah. show, they are Thanks doing for something. that. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. They are looking out for us with that. Yeah. A lot, it, it is one that I would like to have a hardcover sitting on my yeah. shelf, you mm-hmm. know, so that's... Yeah. Yep. I think it's that important. I think mm-hmm. it's that, you know what I mean? I think it's a really good story, and I think... It'll be more in the future, yeah. I think, you know, like Dan's alluding to. And it would have been a good black label book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so maybe so. it will be when the hardcover comes out. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So rating? I gave it a fine, very fine 7.0. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might go up on a reread. Again, probably a little down based on my you know, again, flawed premise. But mm-hmm. other than that, it was really, really good. I don't regret reading it at all. So Right. Uh, I'll give it a very fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good story. It's solid. It's definitely worth reading again. It's just, yeah, you know. I'd give it a, a very fine, maybe even half a plus, you know, maybe just not quite, you know. But I I thought it was just good, solid, innovative, and just yeah. good storytelling, good, you know, just good. It's yeah. just really good. Yeah. As long as you're not looking for something, you definitely come away knowing yeah. what's happening. It's great. <laughs> if you're looking for that, now if you don't, if you want to be a little confused, if you yeah. don't want to be a little confused, don't read this. That's yeah. right. <laughs> if you want everything tied up with a neat little bow, this is not the graphic novel for you. But like usually when you get that stuff anymore, it feels like a cop out or yes. like yeah, it's, uh, it's not the monster you just can't see because of budget. Right. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> yes. It, it does feel intentional. I think oh, it does absolutely. add to the tone it's of the story. To be. Absolutely, it's meant you know, to be. So I don't think it hinders the story in that way right no you know? i don't mean that as a negative i'm just saying yeah. that just if that's the kind of read you want but this you see is not you see it. so much of that anymore though yeah. too yes that's, you know kind oh of i didn't like that. that because it didn't spell every little thing out for right. me you yeah. know and that there's a lot of that well i'm just glad to know i wasn't the only one confused <laughs> oh no absolutely straight up confused so all right well that it guys that's that's, that's all so. i got yep. all right well i guess that'll do it for this uh extra little episode of uh, Campus Comics Cast. We hope you enjoyed listening and come in and share your thoughts on the movie, Captain Marvel movie and Mr. Miracle. If, and if you haven't read it, we got got a couple copies here on the shelf. Pick it up and take it home and check it out. Um, again, my name is Mike No, owner-operator here at Campus Comics, uh, right here at 816B East Main Street. Phone number 618-457-6011. Um, check us out on Facebook, uh, Twitter, that kind of stuff. So, Scott, uh, one more thing. Uh, whenever uh, Mike posts about epi- this oh, is episode right. forty-one, when this it's episode forty-one, mm-hmm. whenever that gets posted uh, up on the Campus Comics Facebook page, first person to um, mention the uh, the title and issue number for the Batman book that Dan. Uh, recommended in episode 40 mm-hmm. will receive um, what Dan recommended as a Batman book in, I don't know, the previous one, which like, I don't know, uh, 38 probably, mm-hmm. um, which was the two-part mass story from Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. So there's a copy in here, so somebody can, except for Tyler, since you won last time. Yeah. So everybody but Tyler <laughs> is eligible. Agree, bro. Yeah, yeah you already did the theme song, bro. So. <laughs> yeah. So everybody else is, uh, so, you know, and don't assume somebody else is going to pick it up. All right. Um, so just be the first person to po- to post that uh, uh, title and issue number uh, on that face on the Facebook page, and this will be your uh, two-part Yours story. Your two-take. Yeah. 
Uh, but I'm Scott Reed, uh, birdcomics.com, B-U-R-G comics.com. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, check out my eBay store. Links are on the website. Yeah. And Dan Brown at Detective 651 and here at the store on Saturday. There you go. All right. Well, again, we hope you enjoyed this, and we'll talk to you soon.